The start order is 17423985. The Extra Lap RC Podcast. Yes, this is the Extra Lap RC Podcast. My name's Aiden Burke, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, and I'm definitely not going to call him the Emperor of Everything because he gets really upset. Martin Owen, how you doing, Martin? Yes, very good, thank you. Yourself? I'm good, mate. Is it uh, nice and warm down south? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's not too bad to be fair. Yeah, I think it's definitely a bit warmer the more south you go, isn't it? It is, yes, for sure. Okay, well, talking about someone who's maybe a bit more southern than the pair of us, who are we going to speak to today? Well, tonight we're going to initiate our, our one and only rule, Aiden. And you know what rule that is? It's the best rule. It's the Hagburn rule. Expert Alexander Hagman. Hi, Alexander. How are you? Hello, guys. I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, Are you in Portugal? Yeah, so I'm currently in my home in uh, Portugal. I live in a small city called uh, Caparica, south of Lisbon. Okay. Do, Do they have a football team we would know? We don't have a football team from this specific village, but the football team of my family is uh, Sporting Lisbon. All uh, right, okay, okay, nice, nice. Um, I don't think they've beaten Everton recently in the last ten years, so we'll be fine. Um, is it is it lovely and warm in Portugal? Yes, actually, it's rather mild. I mean, we have really mild winters here. Uh, it's been around fifteen to 17 degrees in the last couple of days. So, yeah, pretty nice. Not too bad. Okay. And with that weather, do you, do you get out and you, you get a lot of practice done? Yeah, so we have an outdoor track in Lisbon, which is only 15 minutes away from me. So whenever I'm home and I have some spare time, I, I try to go to the track and, and run outdoors. And we can run outdoors all winter, obviously, because the, the weather is is fine. So... Yeah, we, we don't have a carpet track here. There's no carpet racing in Portugal. So the only option I have is to, to drive outdoors at the asphalt track. Okay. I, I think I've seen, I think a lot of people who've listened to this uh, will have seen the videos that, that you've done a few. Certainly Bruno's done a, a few. He lives quite close as well. Yeah, correct. So Bruno lives just 25 minutes away from me. So the track is sort of in the middle of where we live. So... So we, we can meet there. It's right in the middle of, of uh, our two our two homes. And the bit I always remember is, I think it was Bruno, he, one of his videos, where you were spraying Coca-Cola on the track. <laughs> yeah, so it's a um, it's, um, pretty simple yet efficient way to, to create traction on an outdoor track is to spray it with Coke. It's not as as refined as using sugar water, but it works equally well. Usually we try to get the Coke as, as cheaply as we can, so we usually go to Lidl or something. Yeah. We get some cheap Coke, and yeah, we spray it on the track. It works works pretty good. Right, sounds perfect. So um, the last time we spoke, you weren't you, – you didn't live in Portugal. I think you were in England. Yeah, so the last time we spoke was right after the 12 scale worlds, which was in Milton Keynes, as you may remember. Yes. And I then lived in Luton, which mm-hmm. was right next door to where the worlds was held. 
And I remember yeah. the last time I was on the podcast, I was really sick. I was feeling really unwell because I got sick after that world, just like many other people. And it was sort of like a flu. Um, I'm almost thinking that it was COVID, you know, it was a bit early to be COVID actually, but I was really sick is what I remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't, you, you didn't, you also didn't have a very good weekend, did you? It was a bit of a struggle actually. Yeah. I did worse than I had hoped for at that world. Yeah. Because I, I, I call you like the, the 12th goat greatest of all time. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think I'd spoken to you beforehand to say, hey, Alex, it'd be fine. I think I spoke to Martin, spoke to Joseph. It's brilliant. We'll get Hagberg on after the world. He's definitely going to win. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> and then you had a tough time. But I say, sign of a sign of a, a, a true champion is coming on one of these things after you've had a great, after you've had a difficult weekend rather than just turn up when you've won. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough to talk about a race when you've done poorly but on the other hand you sort of have to just face it and try and learn from it and, and move on i mean there's there's no way around it mm-hmm. well um let, let's try and talk about some happy things because um i think anybody who's listening to this will have seen that you you, you were in america a few weeks ago um was it cleveland at the u.s it was a scotty ernst race in a hotel yeah, correct. So I participated in the U.S. Indoor Champs, it's called. It's actually the oldest RC event in the world. So it's already 40 years old. It had a 40th anniversary. Um, so it's, it's run and held in a hotel, in the ballroom of a hotel. Mm-hmm. So everyone's staying in the same hotel, and then we, we pit next to the track. And the crazy thing about that race is that the track is open 24 hours. So whenever qualifying is done for the day the track stays open so it never closes so you can actually practice all night if you want to so it's basically unlimited amounts of track time which is really crazy but that's just the way it is and um crazy race it wasn't as big this year as it has been it was only 300 and something entries but it used to be a huge race and it used to be the 12 scale race like it was only 12 scale back in the day Obviously, when right. touring cars got big, they had to introduce touring car classes. And these days, it's, it's a bunch of different classes. I think it's 11 classes, actually. But it used to be the home of 12 skills, sort of, back in the day. Right. Um, was, was that the first time you've traveled to America since all this craziness happened? Yeah, exactly. So that's my first trip to the U.S. since, since the pandemic started. And ac- actually, the U.S. has been close to to foreign visitors from from Europe for almost 18 months, I think. So we, we, we couldn't even go to the U.S. for a long time. Right. And so when you saw that, um, were you, like, really excited? Were you on the phone to um, Martin Hoddy going, hey, Martin, I need to go to this. It's going to be great. It'd be great for the brand. We'll have the new cars out. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, I was super excited when I heard that the U.S. was opening up because it was opening up just a couple of weeks before the U.S. Indoor Champs event. So we took the opportunity to to go over there. Um, I love to be in the U.S. I love to race over there. The atmosphere is really good. It's one of our biggest markets, So uh, especially for on-road. So we usually we have a really good turnout, a lot of customers at these events. So, yeah, it was was exciting. Um, it was it. Um, 
was it like a similar feel to a, an ETS or was it more relaxed, slightly different? What, what, what were the differences? So it's a, it's a little different in terms of atmosphere, I would say. The atmosphere at ETS events is a little more serious, uh, not as relaxed. I think in the US, you can really tell that, I mean, this is a hobby for these people. They really they try to have as much fun as they can. So the atmosphere is a little different. It's, um, it's, it's more enjoyable in one way for me to race in the US. The ETS is very serious, super competitive. I mean, I like the competitive side of ETS, but sometimes it can get a little um, too serious where you almost forget about um, the fun part of it. Right, because I noticed actually from your, your coverage before that event and even during the event, you did a couple of Facebook Lives, you talked about what things you'd be doing. You know, it's like you were giving away all your secrets before the event and during the event, which maybe you might not have done during an ETS round. Um, you, yeah, you, so oh. I, I agree. Uh, we wouldn't do a Facebook Live during an ETS for the reason that we don't want to take focus away from from the task at hand. Like when we're, the, we're we're at an ETS, we're fully focused. We try to put everything into it, and we yeah, obviously we have to do a little bit for social media, but we wouldn't have time to do that sort of live thing, which we did in Cleveland. Um, it's just a different kind of race. It's the best way that I can put it. Um, and and did you enjoy did you enjoy being in America? Did you enjoy the food, staying in the hotel, those kind of things? It looked like it. There was a, a few evenings with a few beers. It seemed like a, a nice time. Yeah, man. I mean, I love it over there. It's it's always a good time. I mean, obviously the food's a little different. Um, there's some drinking going on sometimes. Um, it's just yeah, it's always a good time. Uh, I then, really enjoyed it. And then, but you have to pretend it's work to the wife. <laughs> you know, oh no, sorry, darling. Oh, I've got to do another three-hour live video on YouTube. Oh, it's really difficult. Oh, don't worry. Don't no. Don't what? Don't stay up and watch. Don't worry about it. I'll be fine. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I cannot <laughs> pretend that I enjoy it too much. It's still, it's still work. <laughs> Okay, and then um, you sort of came from uh, Cleveland, and then I'm just trying to I'm forgetting my dates now. Was it last weekend or the weekend the weekend before? I think um, was the ETS the the sort of the I think it was round four. Um, yeah, correct. Just, so the, the ETS was not not last weekend, but the week before. Okay, and then as you said before, difference super competitive. All the big names are there. Everyone's vying for position. Um, what seems to be the normal X-ray modus is to then all go to trenching and get some tested in, and then go to the event. Is that those the sort of things you were doing for this one? Yeah, definitely. So it's usually the same routine for every every indoor ETS round. So we, we try to go to trenching and practice at the Hoodie Arena, which is our home track and. It's inside of the X-ray factory. So we try to go there for a few days before to practice, prepare our setups, and get ready. So this time, it was just me and Bruno and his mechanic, and obviously Martin Hudi, our team manager. Because Slovakia was actually on a semi-lockdown for a couple of weeks. So All right. we couldn't officially have the track open. They, they only had to 
to keep it open for uh, um, private purposes, basically. So yeah, we just me and Bruno and his mechanic. We were practicing before DTS, but yeah, it was 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 a good preparation for the race. And then we flew out to to Hamburg, uh, northern Germany, the day before the event. And of course, you've got your I'm going to call it new new car, the X4. Um, for us off-road boys, the, the most exciting thing seems to be some sort of arm, which is part carbon, part plastic. Um, what, what do you think of the new touring car from X-Ray? Yeah, so the X4 is our new touring car. It's a completely new platform. So basically 85 to 90% new parts compared to the old car, which was a T4. And we've spent a large bit of this year to develop this car and eventually it was released now in October. So it's been a really busy and exciting year for us to develop a completely new platform. And as you mentioned, the most unique part of this car is the uh, CFF arms, which is a carbon um, composite fusion, which is plastic and graphite combined. So they're mixed together, um, joined together for the upper and lower arms. And that's, yeah, the most unique part of this car. Everything else is not really unique, but it's, um, it's new for the X-Ray platform. Uh, um, what's, what's the, what, what advantages that those fancy arms give to this X4? Yeah, so we feel that over... Um, a full graphite arm, which you see on some other cars on the market, we have the opportunity to to mold the plastic into uh, a piece where the shock mounts directly onto the arm itself. We don't have to use any extension plates to mount the shocks onto the arms, things like that. So it's just it's it's a little simpler, uh, neater design like that. And we also have the option to use. Uh, different carbon fiber thickness and different plastic material to alter the flex of the arm. So we have many, many different flex options in terms of uh, combinations of materials. All right. And is, is, is that help when your car, when sort of maybe you're running on high grip carpet one minute and then the next week you're back in Portugal on asphalt, I suppose? Yeah, distances? exactly. Exactly. So the, the graphite kit, the carbon chassis kit, which we run on asphalt, it comes with medium hardness arms, whereas the, the carpet kit, which is an aluminum chassis, it comes with hard arms. And the difference between those arms is the thickness of the, the graphite. So that determines the flex of the arms. And we use different types for different surfaces. Who came up with that idea? Was it you? Actually, it wasn't me. Uh, it was. Uh, Martin Hoody, our designer, and his dad, Uri. Which yeah, okay, they... okay. I don't think Martin or Uri will listen to this, so let's just try that again. So, Alex, did, did you come up with that idea then? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it wasn't me. No, no. No worries, mate. Um, so, were, were, you, were you excited? Were you surprised? when you Because it does seem quite revolutionary, these sort of arms being made of two materials. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's really exciting to have something unique, of course, and uh, something that really appeals to customers, I think. And it was very time-consuming to test, develop these arms because we had to try so many different combinations. But in the end, I think it worked out really well. And um, 
customers and the team drivers, they really like these arms and the two options that we offer. Okay. And then you said testing then. So is that something you got involved in? And if, if that was the case, do you test, do you go to Slovakia to do that or do they send them to Portugal? Yeah, so it's, it's probably 50-50. I mean, during the, the lockdowns of last winter, I did some testing at home on asphalt here on the outdoor track, but I also flew to Slovakia a few times. And um, more often than not, I was joined by Bruno as well for this testing. So since there was not that many events going on last winter and last spring, we had more time for development, which was good in a sense that we had so much testing to do and we we were not uh, interrupted by any big events. So we had time to focus on the development of this platform. And then, you know, please give, don't give away your secrets, but like how many different types of arms were you sent? You know, did he just say, these are the ones we're going to make and you went, yeah, they're great. Or was that something that was constantly worked on, the thickness, length, arms, those sort of things? I mean, we had probably seven or eight different combinations for both the lower and the upper arms. So we then also tried to combine uh, the upper and lower arms, different combinations. For example, soft lower arm, hard upper arm, and vice versa, and also for two different surfaces. So it was quite a few different combinations that we had to test. Uh, and, And do you just do that with... Like, just sheer manpower and time. Do you just, like, sit there and go, right, I'm going to run for this for 20 minutes, and then I'm going to swap the upper arms, and I'm going to run that for 20 minutes and see what the difference is? Is that what it is? It's just time on track. Precisely. So we usually show up at the track that day. We, we sit down, we discuss what do we need to test today. Martin might say that, okay, we have um, five different lower arm combinations that I want you to try. Um, here they are. Uh, let's get to work. And if you, if you practice, if you test on carpet, the benefit is that the track conditions are usually the same for, um, for the duration of the day. So it's not influenced by, by the elements, so to speak. The track stays pretty consistent. And that makes it very easy to, to get through that testing um, throughout, throughout the day. And you can be pretty time efficient if, if you if you work hard i mean if you're pre- if you're testing outdoors it can be more complicated because the track is changing so much between runs so it can be hard to to get a a fair test result so to speak right so that you are literally just working through and i suppose that's your driving bruno's driving probably martin hoodie's driving as well do you all sort of get to the same place you know do you ever you know come off the track and bruno says oh it was quicker you say it was slower and martin says there's no change i would say it's rare that we would disagree completely most of the time we we have very similar test results between the three of us and this is three different drivers with three different driving styles so it's rare that we completely disagree yeah i I suppose that must be a real benefit for x-ray you know, when you are developing, having different drivers, different, as you said, different driving styles, and yet you all independently come into the same or a very similar conclusion, that must help them point them in the right direction easier. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be a big problem if if we disagreed. Um, so that's actually why Martin decided to to involve more drivers in the development of the X-Force. And it was not only the three of us, we actually had more team drivers in different countries, on different tracks, under different conditions. So in the end, we had a lot of data, but uh, the data usually uh, lined up pretty similarly. So that made Martin's job easier. Okay. And is there any part on that X4 um, where you feel like you've put a, a lot of input, or is it just such a big team thing you can't narrow it down to one part? It's difficult to pinpoint something. I mean, during the development of the arms, I was involved in, in all of it. I did all of the testing. I mean, Bruno, obviously, as well. But then the development of the, the sort of basic setups for the car, I did a lot of that work, especially for asphalt, because I was uh, working very hard during the summer. I was very busy testing, practicing outdoors. So, yeah, but I was involved in every part of the development, basically. Uh, I cannot pinpoint one area where I was more involved, so to speak. Okay. I can tell you one part of the car that you were more involved by anywhere else. All of those X-ray videos, whether the builds, whether they're like on the arms or on the things, this, this, it, they seem to have released like 30 different videos on the yeah. X4 and all of the ones I've watched, I didn't understand many of them, Alex, but the ones I watched, you're doing them constantly, just you. Yeah, so it's, it's worked out really well with those. I mean, the reason why we're doing those basically is because I did a lot of those at home in my in my sort of RC area, which I published on YouTube. That's how it started. And then they gathered a lot of interest and people people really like these sort of videos. And especially people who don't read the manuals that well and they need a helping hand or they need they need tech tips basically they find these videos on youtube so they had really good success and x-ray figured that okay we're gonna involve a professional uh video guy and we're gonna do these um at a factory and they're gonna look a lot better than the stuff that you did for youtube so yeah they invest a lot of time and money into this and it turned out really well i was really happy to to see the result of those when they were done i mean they were really time consuming to make and there were a couple of, of incidents actually where we had to reshoot some material because uh we had a corrupt sd card at some point and it, it was a lot of work but i'm really happy with how they turned out and they've had um really big popularity among customers oh yeah you can see you can see on the views and um, you can see how much of a, a resource they are because they've all kind of got similar numbers of views. It's like, every, you know, even though I can't remember, they looked like there was like 15 or 20 different ones of the sections I saw. Um, yeah, so for the X4, we did, we did, first of all, build videos where I just put the car together and I explain what what you should think about and uh, consider when you when you build certain parts of the car. But then we also did tech tip videos where I sort of go in depth about setup. So let's say we, we speak about shocks, uh, which spring choices do I make for different conditions and things like that. So it was two types of videos. And in total, it was, yeah, a pretty large amount. And then I, the, only because it's probably the last one I watched was 
um, which is something obviously I've never done, being just sort of really off road, is super gluing your the, like the the graphite or the carbon chassis um, to seal it, and then you say that you just you just seal the back end of it. You don't go all the way around because you said you can it alters the flex of the chassis. Yeah, so it's it's super sensitive with with flex uh, in all RC classes, I would say, but especially in touring car, especially in uh, in this class. So if you glue, let's say, if you glue the whole chassis, if you glue all the edges of the chassis, you'll definitely make it a bit stiffer, and this can actually make the chassis feel different on the track. So I always try to glue as little as I can, just for the sake of durability, and. I mean, that's it. It really affects performance. And every part of the car where um, flex is involved is, is really sensitive. And then, and we've chatted about this, and that, that's not even your, well, obviously, world champion. But, you know, there's a new, there's a new 12th car coming out as well from X-Ray. I think I saw that you, you were redoing all these videos for the 12th car, Maybe even, in fact, Martin Hoodie might have put a video out today. Might have even come out this evening regarding the 12th. So is that, were you just as involved in that or were you even more involved in that because it was a 12th car? Uh, yeah, so the X1222, which is the latest 12th car kit, was just released a couple of weeks ago. Um, it had very few updates compared to the 21 car. So the 21 car was basically a new platform, was a whole new car. So we had a lot of work with that car last year. Not as much this year because it only featured a few small updates. Right. But what we did, what we did do was we did do these X4 style uh, type of videos for the X12 as well. So we did the tech tips and the build videos. Uh, luckily, the X12 is a lot uh, smaller kit than the X4. It has a lot less parts, obviously. So it was a lot less time-consuming to make the videos, but even though it took a total of two days, I think, to, to film everything, and I went to, to Hoodie Arena to do that after the ETS, so that was two days of, uh, of filming. Okay, well, then was it easier to do... Well, was it easier because you knew what you were going... You'd done that sort of intense video things. Did you sort of remember how to do it again? Because it sounds like, it sounds like you're more of a... A YouTuber than a than a driver at the moment, mate. Yeah, I mean, we were joking about it when when the the lockdowns were going on. Like me and Bruno, we were joking, like, mate, we're not even uh, racing drivers anymore. We're YouTubers yeah. because we were we were not going to any events for a long time. I mean, for almost six months, I think we're just sitting at home doing nothing, and we're trying to do uh, videos for YouTube, which I also enjoy. I enjoy that bit of of, of my work, but. It's not my main part of my work, but I definitely enjoy it. So it is important. It is a, it's a part of it, and we'll keep doing it. Okay. Oh, I've got a few questions. You know, me and Martin are on road <coughs> boys. I have just bought a GT12 um, yeah. because, of, because of issues. And Martin, have you just, are you going to order a touring car this week? Uh, when Schumacher brings a touring car, I will be getting one now. As Mr. Hagberg's probably been to mend it before, they're um, getting to host a, a national next year. So I thought I might have a go. Okay, which leads me on. Um, Alex, did you see 
have a look at uh, Michael's car at ETS. Did it look new or different? So, Mr. Orlovsky's car, you're referring yes. to? Yes, yes. I didn't, I didn't go to his pits and take a look at it, no. I did watch him drive around the track, because we were also in the same qualifying group, but I didn't physically look at the car, no. No. But okay. I, have heard, I have heard some rumors about <laughs> what, it, what it has on it, but um, let's leave it at that. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I like it. We don't know because they, they wouldn't tell me, Alex, I'm a terrible gossip. He is. Okay? I can't be held any secrets. So remember that. It's very important. Uh, <laughs> what, one of the other bits, some of the things that someone says was, um, how do you think maybe Touring Car 12 on road can, can increase its popularity and, and become more popular? Do you think there's any changes that you could the whole scene could do to make it more popular in the future? Yeah, I think we need a good entry-level class, which is appealing to beginners. Because, for example, if you look at ETS, I mean, all the classes that we raise are too difficult for beginners. They're too fast, too complicated, a little too expensive. I mean, I would say that GT12, when it started, it was a great entry-level class. And um, there's something that you can start to drive as a beginner, probably. Because they're slow enough, uh, they can take a beating, they're not very expensive. This is the sort of class that we need to push if we want on-road to grow. Because also it's a stepping stone into 12-scale, which is a more serious um, racing class. And I think that's the direction that we need to work, personally. Right, okay. I've just bought a GT, I've just bought a GT12. Um, it's not even been delivered yet. Um, I is it an Atom 2? Is that what Walsh Schumacher GT12 is? Um, it, it, it's just made of carbon fiber. It's like, I can't even remember how much it was. It was like £200 for the kit. It was, and then I had to buy a new Speedo. For some reason, we only, we only use 1S1s. That cost me like £100 for a Hobby Wing one. Um, like £60 for a motor. So, you think maybe a way to make it more popular is to continue that GT12 or make it even more simpler, more easy? Yeah, I mean, possibly if, if you can make it simpler and make the electronics a little cheaper. But, I mean, it's definitely that sort of class that's needed for club racing and um, something that you can start with as a beginner. You don't, you don't need to invest too much money. Yeah, I, I think one of the reasons why I bought it is Southport have lost our fancy or not very fancy indoor venue um and so there's a lot of like small sports halls church halls there's like three or four clubs um not within an hour of where i live in liverpool that run gt12 um so that's why i've sort of thought well i'll pick this up because if i can't race buggy so often it, i can put it all in my bag and i'll be able to be away um have you ever raced a buggy? Ever raced any off-road? Yeah, so I did one race of off-road around 15 years ago. It was off-road on dirt, electric off-road, uh, in Sweden. And that's the only time that I raced it. Well, actually, I take it back. When I first started racing 20 years ago, I did some off-road racing on carpet with foam tires. Nice. But so, that's yeah, it. That, 
that's the only offer I've done. So very, very minimal. You, you know, what happens, you, you don't ever think of, like if there's a Euro, like the Euros is coming up and Robin Hoards, um, you know, you know, something happens to Bruno and he injures wrist <laughs> a week a week before, and you're like, oh, hang on, and oh, I, you know, I'm just trying to think. You're you're Swedish, aren't you? Yes. All right. So okay, maybe David Ronafalk injures his wrist <laughs> beforehand, or he can't go, and the Swedes have got a spare place. Would would you be phoning X-ray up and say, you know? Give me some buggies, or would you just be not answering the phone that week at all? No, I, I would. To be honest, I would try to avoid racing off-road at all costs because if I was to do it, I would need to spend a lot of time on it to get good enough. If that makes oh, sense. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I would not try to race it and just be average. Like if if I was gonna go off-road racing, I would try to be really good at it and to be to be really good i would have to spend a lot of time i think to to get up to speed um, oh okay yeah you, you're not going to just turn up to a euros for a week's holiday that's not the alexander hagberg way that's not a hagberg rule is it not, i think it will be it will be very difficult for me to do it half-heartedly if if that makes sense okay um so i'm can you, can you remember a time where you've had like the biggest RC racing revelation? You know, what's the time that something's like just appeared in your head and made you gone better or made you gone faster or you've enjoyed it more? Have you had any had sort of those watershed moments in your career? I don't think it was something that happened overnight. I think it's something that you slowly build up over time. Uh, you build up with your experience, with your um, wisdom, if, if if that's a word I can use. Yeah, uh, it's, it's something that you gradually build up. I think it's not, I don't think it's something that clicks and it happens overnight. Because I've had the speed to do really well since I was quite young. I mean, probably since I was seventeen or eighteen, I was good enough to fight for the top positions in international events. But I didn't have the the experience they didn't have the, the psychological strength to be really good at that time. It's something that I've built up gradually over year over the years, and um, it sort of reached a point where the speed, the experience, and, um, and the maturity, I guess, sort of combined into the overall performance. Right, because this is not a question someone's asked. Because sometimes when we listen to this podcast or one of the other much better podcasts that are out there, sometimes the pros come across quite relaxed. Like, the, like they don't think about it. It just, they just turn up, you hand them a rage, oh, like the Killiches, the Killiches. I don't know if you listen to them on the <laughs> No Name RC podcast. Yeah, I listened to the podcast with uh, the younger brother, I remember. Um, yes. And I was amazed, like, this guy is so relaxed, he doesn't even think about what he's doing. I mean, that's so relieving in one sense, because I'm the exact opposite. Like, I constantly think about what I do, I analyze my performance, I analyze what I can do better, what I did well. Uh, I always try to collect as much data as possible. I, probably I'm the exact opposite. Maybe I'm overthinking stuff sometimes, but 
I'm definitely not that kind of pro where I just have that natural talent to always do well and I don't have to think about it. I'm very different to that. Do you think that what gives you do you think that's where you get your confidence from? The fact that you know that you're hundred percent prepared and if the temperature drops half a degree, you'll know what you're gonna do. You are do you think that that do you think that's your superpower? I think so. I think I don't have the natural talent of some of my competitors, I have to I have to admit. But I think that if I'm better prepared than them, I can beat them. And sometimes that's enough to beat them. Not always, uh, but sometimes. And I yeah. think that's that's uh, confidence that I can use to my advantage in certain situations, yes. Yeah, and at this point I always go, you have got three IFMAR world titles, haven't you? Uh, just two of them. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't remember. It was two or three. <laughs> bad prep, even bad prep. And then just some other questions, just to end, just before we let you go. Um, when you were, you'd lived in England for some time, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there's McDonald's is such a thing in Portugal. Um, when you go to a racetrack, what's your, your choice for McDonald's breakfasts on the way? Yeah, so I'm vegetarian, so I don't eat the um, oh sausage. I don't eat. <laughs> really? I don't eat. I don't eat the sausage McMuffin. I would have like an egg and cheese McMuffin or a hash brown or something like that. Wow! Well, veg- have you been a vegetarian for a long time? Yeah, since I was nineteen, or so already twelve years, thirteen years. Wow! Okay. Bacon is really nice, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember the taste of bacon. It's definitely nice, but I haven't eaten it in a long time. Oh, okay. Oh, brilliant. Okay, and then as you've gone back to Portugal, uh, what's currently your favourite beer? Um, is it Superbock? Absolutely. Superbock is the number one beer. Right, okay. And that's, that was the only one I could think of. But- yeah, because you know that uh, Superbock is, is the main sponsor of the Sporting Lisbon football team, ah, where, exactly. whereas the, the Sagarish beer is actually is the most popular beer in Portugal, is Sagarish, because they are the sponsor of Benfica, which is the most popular football team. But I like Sporting Lisbon and Superbok better than Sagarish and Benfica, so that's definitely my choice. Yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm totally, you know, I, I used to buy, like, okay, we're talking 20 years ago now, but I used to buy like Adidas clothes, like I'd have an Adidas tracksuit, and then Liverpool got an Adidas kit. Never bought another Adidas thing in my life. You know, that's that's the way that works. Yeah, um, I can understand. Yeah, I'm not banking with Standard Chartered or anything along those lines. Anything to do with the opposition, that's, that's fine. Um, and then when's your before we let you go? When's your where are you racing next? Yeah, so I'm actually off to the States again in the first week of January. I'm going to St. Louis for the oh, Hoodie wow. Indoor Champs. So it's, uh, it's another quite big on-road event in uh, St. Louis at a permanent track. Wow. And then the GP3F in Longwy in France the following week. And yeah, January is actually really busy. I think I have a race almost every weekend of January. Wow. And then have you got with the sort of the rearranged um, IFRA, IFMAR timetables, have you got any 
is there a, is this a world year coming up for you? Yeah, so the the touring car Ifmar Worlds, which has been postponed twice already, it was supposed to be held in 2020, but obviously that couldn't happen. So it's supposed to be held in Gubbio, Italy, in September this year. Right. Okay. Um, and then so we have Touring Car Euros at Hoodie Arena in June, and the 12 scale Euros also at Hoodie Arena in March. Wow. Wow. Okay. So pencil those in, Martin. We want to speak to Alexander Hagberg in March after the 12 Euros. <laughs> that was good to me. Yeah, because we, yeah, we won't hex him this <clears throat> time. Um, we'll... All positive thoughts. Um, <laughs> Alex, you know, we have a rule. It's hashtag the Hagberg rule. You're the only on-road person we've ever, ever, and will ever have on this podcast. Um, wow. And I also like the fact that every time I see a post, I just, oh, we literally just put Hagberg rules. Because... He actually broke that rule, though. <laughs> who do, why would we break that rule for? We had Rick Howard on. He only races on. He, Although he has done off-road in the past. Yeah, he's done off-road. Hagberg so, does know. Yeah. And I like yeah, it. I mean, Rick definitely was an off-road racer originally. Yeah. I mean, he raced before touring cars were even around. I don't know if he's more off-road than he is on-road. Maybe these days he's definitely an on-road racer, but he used to be more off-road maybe. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. Don't be looking too deep into the rules, Martin. I know, I know. I'm Don't just a stickler for the rules, you know. You, you, you he's now in charge of everything in, in the UK. Now, Alex, everything. He is the no, emperor no. of everything. To do with off-road. To do with off-road. And, right. <laughs> and also, hashtag Hagberg rules works really well as a hashtag when, because generally Alex wins things. Yes. So it, it's perfect. Um Alex, it's 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 late here. It's even later in Portugal. You go and have uh, one more bottle of vegetarian superbock and uh, get yourself to bed, and then go practice in tomorrow. Oh no, you can't! It's your it's your lad's birthday. Um, yeah, it's my son's birthday tomorrow, so uh, no RC tomorrow. No RC tomorrow, mate. Alex, thank you very much for your time, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, guys, for having me on and uh, looking forward to speaking again soon. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. Well, that was great, me grilling Alexander Hagberg. Hashtag Hagberg rules. Um, really enjoyed our time catching up with him. Um, it was also great, Martin, to speak to Thomas Tran the other week, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. Uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of value from there, you know. Points that other people have raised to me it was like, you know, he wants to make sure sponsored drive being sponsored means something. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that was something that resonated with a few people. Um, obviously, that was before David Ronald had made his Mayako thing, so that was all exciting and interesting. We really enjoyed it. Uh, that was obviously the last episode we did. Um, I, you know, just to make sure people realised I'm in charge, um, yeah. which, which is important generally it is, throughout yeah. life. No, just, just generally, I, yeah. Make 
make Aiden think he's in charge. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Everyone just. I had a great time last week um, chatting with our friend Russ on the Grid Talk RC podcast. Um, and I think we went through quite a few issues and, and chatted about there. So that that was really exciting as well. Um, um, did you go? You didn't go racing this weekend, did you? No, I had a practice day. Practice with uh, oh, Mendip outdoors. Yeah, just just. It was a bit wet, so what a great opportunity to um, learn some more driving in the wet after my dismal mending display. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it because... Exactly. Well, only because it makes me feel better when I mention it. Yeah, you were terrible, weren't you? I know it was terrible, yes. You were terrible. Um, Okay, well, that's that's really good. One of the things that struck me uh, for Sunday was we were moving, finally moving out of Antworks, but I was... I think having me coffee, I probably sat in the car with Richie having me coffee and me um, uh, breakfast bar. That's what I bre- breakfast bath, whatever it's breakfast roll meal from McDonald's. And um, it was still dark in Liverpool, but Nathan Rawls put a picture on. Was he a Barnum or Coastal yeah, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And it was it was light where he was, yeah. and yeah. it was pitch black where we were. Trained, like. Yeah. 200 miles north or something along those lines. So um, it's great to see a lot of racing out. It's great to see people outdoors. Uh, ramp work for the people for, sorry, Northwest section. It's all packed away and ready. We got the, the sign off on Tuesday. We had to send Richie back on Monday just to pick up a few bits. Um, but he's literally just stashed them around the place. So they've signed us off. So we're finished and we've gone. Um we will continue to look for a new venue for Southport, but I think we'll go back to it, it's unlikely for us to be able to find a another ramp works um, again yeah. in the short period of time. So I think we'll go back to everyone else, just a sports hall or a community centre or something along those lines uh, and run every week or once a month or something along those lines when we find something and when we get it sorted. Um, so I think that's our plans. Um We've got, just trying to think what else. Oh, I can't believe we didn't. I went on the Grid Talk podcast last week and we didn't spend an hour talking about you personally, Martin Owen, the Emperor of Everything, the new 10th section chairman, destroying 10 section racing nationally throughout 2020 because. You've, you've the, the entire committee have made a decision about tyres. Twenty one, actually, twenty twenty one, not twenty twenty. Someone else oh. destroyed that. COVID destroyed that. Well, no, you've, you've destroyed it in twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's be- the one. Be- because you've made a decision regarding Mezzo. You personally, you, you, not to do with the committee. You have made that decision. You're going to try and yeah. Well, you know. Other people are here to defend, give their positions, but literally there's one person on the other side, as far as I'm can see, and the rest of the world is behind the decision. I've got to stop saying you, the decision <laughs> that the 10th National Committee made. That's, so just for anybody else, uh, we did get dates after the last time we recorded together. They're out. National dates are out. Just want to they confirm. Are, yeah, yeah nas- national dates are all out there on the BRC website. Um, and on the BRC 
tenth Facebook page. And, and a lot of other Facebook. What? Well, obviously, and lots of other Facebook pages have got. Oh, yeah, lots. Yeah, where they were yeah. shared. Yeah, yeah uh, Bowton. Um, Bowton's appeared. Yeah, yeah, because we lost Telford. Uh, Telford are doing some track work and various things, and they didn't want to. Rather than rush to get their work done, they made a, a sacrifice, holding a national um, to get the work done to come back better and stronger the following year. Nothing to do with the fact Tony is currently in Mexico, I think, or somewhere hot on his honeymoon. Yeah, he's in Cancun, yeah. Yeah, I just think he's having lots of holidays. Can't be bothered anymore. That's, yeah. that's what it is, really. So, um, yeah, so they they decided not to have one. And uh, the way it works, um, I didn't just pick Bowton, you know. You did, you did, because you're trying to ruin just, it. You're trying to ruin just, it for you know, everybody. So anyone knows, um, it was done based on the voting from two and a half years ago. Um they get a backhand. You get a backhander back off Barry Abbott. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I get to speak to him on the phone. That 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 was my backhander. I love him. He's great. I've spoke to him loads the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they were next on their um, list of. They would have got a national if they'd gotten the votes. So they slide into the, or they get offered the national and they took it. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, all the dates are out. Um, I do just want to say again, thanks to Damien um, at Upal. We we had a little bit of a date clash with the bank holiday weekend that we set just for Mark Anthony Jones because we know he likes um, racing on bank holiday weekend um, <laughs> in August. So we 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 got that date at the end. Um, uh, usually that would be the international weekend. I spoke to Damien. He was ever so helpful and um, let us have that that weekend to get the national because unfortunately it, it, it all kind of got skewed with because the eight worlds are earlier in September than they'd usually be yeah so we had to try and if we'd have gone a weekend later at Robin Hood some of our top drivers would have been at the um, eighth world and you want them at the national so yeah Demo, you know, helped out and he really is appreciated. And, you know, Upal dates have gone out last week and what a great series to get behind and support. You know, if you. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll go, we'll go through Upal in a couple of minutes. Well, that's on next yeah, on my list. That's so, next on. Well, there you go. Yeah. Again, so. Um, so, yeah. Back to and, you destroying 2022 and yeah, changing yeah. the rules, doing all yeah. those things. Because yeah. because Schumacher gave you a slightly cheaper T-shirt, you're willing to ruin the tenth nationals. Yeah. That's that's what that's what I've been hearing, mate. What I've been yeah. hearing. That's what I've been seeing on Facebook. Yeah, there's a lot of fake news about. That's all I'm going to say. Um, really? Now, national entries. Yeah. Would usually be the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I've had a couple of people email me and ask me. We're just holding off just a little bit, just just to see, I'm sure it's going to be no issues. And as we've said, next year we're just going into it as nationals are happening and it's all good. But we're just going to wait a couple of weeks just to make sure that this Omicron and we don't, you know, Boris doesn't come on in two weeks and go, yeah, we're going into a seven month lockdown because entries, although fairly to, relatively easy to refund on paper, it does cost you money 
okay. so we're just we're just holding off for a couple of weeks. It's no big panic. It's just just in case. I'm gonna panic. Know, I mean, there's a lot. This COVID is being kind of one of those things that you have to almost have a crystal ball to see what's going to happen in five months, and none of us really know. So you're better off preparing for it now and putting things into place to prepare for it now rather than a week before the first national. And yeah. I'm sure as we get closer, there'll be other things that may need to change because we've not done a national since COVID and people not wanting to get in other people's kind of space. in that. So there's a bit more thinking has to go into it. Yeah, and again, with, with with nationals, with Euros, with Worlds, they've got to be fair. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that's the issue. They've got to be fair for everybody. So that's what. And again, some of our American listeners will be wondering what craziness is going on that you're saying that entries for something that's not going to start until late April. Yeah, you, you know. If you're American, if something started in late April, the dates wouldn't be out to the beginning of April. All our national data are out for next year. Um, they're available. Check them out. But So entries will open sometime in the new year. Yeah, Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just going to just, just waiting just a little bit just to see. What okay. Just regarding me for... And again... Against any other race series, that is still opening entries far sooner than anyone else. Yeah. That's the thing that people have got to get their heads around. You know, being the most organised, whereas now, I totally agree, you've just got to be a bit more flexible. Again, which leads us into the very flexible Oopal crew, who, as you've already said, have sort of helped you with a few dates because... We want our best guys and gals to be able to go to the Worlds in Redavan and attend the Masked Robin Hood. Um, so they, they, um, uh, I spoke to Damien when these dates came out. So we've got uh, a date in, we're going to Durham, Model, Model Car Club, the Upals, or the yeah. Ooze. Um, that's the April the 30th. And then we're going to oh, what, Mundip, Mendip. Never heard of the place. Never heard of Mendip, no. June the 18th. Yeah, can't wait for you to fall apart during that one. Yeah, uh, And then in the, it says Invernational 2022 Robin Hood GT, so it's on the GT track, on the old Euro track, uh, which is the 16th, 17th, and 18th of September. Which um, is going to be awesome, because that track is so fun to drive. It is, and I think, it says on the the, the dates through Paul that people it's it, that is back to being an international as in like it's an invitational though if you've entered the Durham and the Mendip round and attended both those rounds you will definitely get your place in the invernational otherwise it will be just invite only for those but so it's it's you know I'm not being funny if you want to you know you can't go any further north really than Durham. And you can't go much further south than Mendip. And Robin Hood is kind of in the middle. So those are three great tracks. I've never been to Durham. We haven't had an Oopal for the, you know, that's the series I did. Um, and that's the series we're coming back to. Um, the hashtag Northwest Takeover 
team captain Chris Cherry is thought now accommodation for us lot. We are going en masse in the northwest. Uh, and we're going to all go to Durham and we're all going to go to Mendip and we're all going to go to the International in um, in Robin Hood on those dates. Um, so please, and I think again, they also say their entries go live in January. But you know, ent- ent- number one, me, Aiden, I'm going to all of them. Um, and I think I might do two wheel drive and trucks. Nice. Um, because, because I can. You know, I, I I was looking forward to run my truck this year, but you know, had to we had to run four wheel drive for Sue. So I'm thinking next year is two wheel drive and trucks, because um, it's not really done much. So we'll get that done. Um, we've got some. There's there's other better podcasts for doing proper silly season. Let's just talk about you know some of the locals, some of the people we know. Johnny Skidmore's leaving you good. You yep. could have knocked me over with a feather when I saw that. I had mm-hmm. no idea what was going on. Other people seem to have ideas. Um, I don't know, so I can have a guess. But that was a big shock. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was. He's done work really well those Mugans, so you know maybe he's going to go dominate it with a different brand. And why not? Wow. Okay. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Um, Harley Eldridge, that her yep. name? Harley, can yep. we call we open, There's not many ladies in, there's not many super competitive ladies in um, in 10th on and off road has left Yokomo um, in a couple of days, a couple of days ago. So again, um, Harley's going to go somewhere, obviously, Probably has more time in tenth on road. That, that is that fair to say? Yep. A recent kind of prediction. I don't want to spoil anything, but I think me and you came up with the same bit of information <laughs> that her post was liked by a lot of X-ray drivers very quickly. <laughs> okay, we don't know. I don't know. Greg Hill X-ray are not going to tell me. But if you want to keep it a secret. Don't as soon as someone's leaving post turn up, get the entire team to go and like it. Okay? And I think somebody else pointed out, a clever person said, some of those people we've never even seen on Facebook. And then they're immediately <laughs> liking Harley Eldridge's thing. Again, we would like all the, we'd love to speak to Harley, but currently her work pattern. So if you know Harley or just, just pit next to her, a dad, Brian, Keep reminding her that we are super interested in speaking to Harley, being clearly the fastest. I struggled with girl and lady in my Facebook post. I don't know what to do. What, what young lady? Is that all right? Okay. Um, yeah. Certainly the quickest young lady in the in the UK. Be interesting to see Harley go up against someone like Jessica uh, Palson, who again has re-signed for Schumacher. Um, that's it. I was trying to get some info out of Muzz. Uh, he can't tell you anything. You've got a big mouth. He literally told me nothing. He told me there's something's coming, and he wasn't talking about my, my GT12, um, <laughs> which he had to change the order on because it ordered the wrong servo, the wrong speedo, the wrong motor, uh, and and no tyres. I'm like, don't tyres come with the kit? Apparently <laughs> not. No. Um, and then he's like, do you need additive? And I'm like, I don't know. My mate... Um, I want to go GT12 with my mate James and my mate 
barrels. Where are you um, going to be racing this to? Um, we've got GT12. Okay. I'm going to start with this is the extra lap on road podcast. Um, <laughs> well, that, that, that would just go. Imagine. Good job. Joey doesn't listen. Um, there's, yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, there's Ribble, Ribble Valley, yeah. Um, yeah. which which isn't far at all from me. Runs on a Friday night. They alternate on road, off road. Um, yeah. We're going to say the Wirral, which is over the water, over the River Mersey, the other side of near Wales. They've won GT12 and a nice, really nice school. Kevin goes there, takes okay. Rory. Um, they've also got Blackpool and Fylde. Uh, which isn't too far, and South Lakes and Alverston. So all the sort of the Northwest clubs, because I think you can run a GT12, you want on a 1S Lipo on a 13 and a half. You know, I'm not going to, it'd be too quick for like Joey Fisher or any of the stock boys. Um, but for us, that'll just seem dead slow. So yeah. I'm, I'm assuming I'm just going to turn up and dominate. Nice. Just can't see any reasons why we're not going to turn up and dominate. Let me just check my notes if there's anything else we need to think. I have oh. things. You got st- okay. Essex Carpet Clash had some sort of thing regarding some two different endurance races. They seem to go really well. I actually quite liked Essex Post near the end. Said this, I don't, there were maybe some they hadn't quite figured out how the second one went, but they'll work on it next time. Everyone seems to have a great. Fun day. What are you going to ask about, mate? I was going to ask. I was going to say quite sad news about OCRC shutting. Yeah. I know it doesn't really massively affect the UK, but you know Ben Jemson's been there, and obviously Lee and Neil and Freddie Russell's raced there. And... Well, mate, it does. Went, I... My mum went there. She didn't race, but she went in and harassed them for like an hour, which was quite it, funny. I think because you know. Uh, mine and yours and more importantly Tommy Tansley's favourite race the really race has been there for the yeah. last few years that we've just it just looks if you told me to draw a picture of a, a US indoor dirt track I would draw OCRC yeah um, I did get shouted at by saying I called I said turf burners and posts in the middle of the and then some of the turf burners guys sent me messages goes, we've got no posts. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think OCRC is you know, it, it, I don't think it's a sign that RC's in trouble or anything along those lines. You know, someone else same thing, you know, same thing happened at Rampworks. Somebody else yeah, is no, willing to pay more for the building, but that's exactly what happened. But I I know um I got Matt Olson that runs RC mod. Yep. There's a great video there of um, like the last of a race at OCRC and then talking to the owner and afterwards. It's really worth a watch. Quite sad, but it's worth a watch. You know, it, it's horrible when and you you just experienced it at Rampworks. Um, I experienced it at Maritime when you lose a venue and it's that last race there. It's not much fun. No, um, you know we. We will speak to somebody who went to that meeting. I've, I've got someone lined up already who was nice. at that last meeting. Um, definitely someone for the new year, and we'll chat to them. But yeah, I did see that video that Matt Olson did. I haven't got around to watching it, but I will certainly make it. We'll definitely share it on our page. We'll definitely get some things. And I think that point, it is 
it is an iconic one tenth electric off road venue. Yeah, you know it, it's what we see. You know, and I'm not being funny. I've I've only ever seen it from the driver's stand from that camera. Yeah, you know. So and if I'm missing it and you're missing it, then as you said, what about Ben Gemma? What about Freddie Russell? What about Lee, Michael? All the guys we kind of know more who have been there. You know, my OCR thing is only the fact of, I think back in the big blue tent days, we spoke to Lee and Freddie, and I spoke to Shinadachi on the big blue tent podcast. That's right. While, yeah, while they were wait- and I just rattled through a question and clearly had no idea what I'd said. No. Um, so we're just hung up on Shinadachi, but so I think you're right. It, it, it's something that we had to mention. It is important. Um, and I think we will hopefully see. I, I don't know what the plan is. Is they going? Are they going to another one? Was that mentioned in the video? I think. Or is Danny? Okay. Just looking no, for a venue. Okay. Um, and they have got plenty of venues around there. I'm sure they'll be all right. Yeah. Um, we are unsure about. This will come out. Will this come out on Christmas Eve? Is that what Friday is? It will. Yep. Christmas Eve's Friday. Okay, so this will come out Christmas Eve. We are unsure about what's happening next week. Okay, um, I have a plan. Okay, um, that we might do something on New Year's Eve. Okay. Okay, um, but I haven't spoken to anybody about that. But I've got this idea of literally. Does does it mean I have to be sober? That oh no! No 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 no! But literally during New Year's Eve. Okay. okay. We'll like you record. You, you maybe don't want drunk chairman on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we're looking for. We'll no, literally you with, no, with no. countdown to ten. Happy <laughs> New Year! Uh, so I, I think that's what we'll, we might try and do something like that because I thought that you know it was great. We we we'll we might do, but but we might not because we don't know what like the week after is going to be like. Um, but it, I suppose if that's the case, then it's important that we thank everyone for the love and support that we've got through, um, through 2021. Um, you know, as always, I'm going to speak for both of us. We do this because we enjoy it. We do this because we enjoy the extra conversations that we can have with people who we've not met yeah. uh, and, and we may never met, meet and we enjoy the fact when somebody comes up to us and goes oh you're the fella from the podcast or you sound familiar or something along those lines and we do it for that um other podcast people will say we don't care whether you listen because if no one listens you know we probably wouldn't do it, but we are super well supported. We, you know, I know Russ likes to question my stats, but we had 500 listens last week and we didn't even put an episode out. Okay. What that also shows is there was plenty of space. If you want to be, use that terrible phrase, content creator, or do a podcast, do a YouTube, do some tech videos, do something along those lines. There is definitely a space in RC, specifically in the UK, for that to happen. If you need any help and advice regarding podcasts, me and Martin are here. Russ would help you. We'd all help to get more content in because, you know, one episode a week is 50 guests. It's at 50 guests. So thank you. 
uh, and we will continue to do this in 2022. Um, Martin, would you like to thank your sponsors? Yeah, no problem. I'd like to thank um, everybody at Schumacher, John at RC Octane, Brian at Screws for RC, Richie RDT. And that's a lot for me. That's pretty good, mate. Um, my lot know who they are, and I'm super lucky to be looked after by everybody. Um, please like and share this podcast. If Alexander Hagberg's going to share this podcast, there's no reason why you lot can't share this podcast. Please <laughs> like and share all the podcasts. Please watch videos. Just, you know, buy stuff from shops. Buy stuff from the distributors we are contract customers are. Of Buy stuff off eBay. Buy stuff from stuff. Just go out and enjoy RC and do all these things. Um Literally, I'm just sad that I won't be able to sit in ramp works and watch the rats run over my feet. Uh, and where else could you have a sport where rat watching was important? Um, wow. Ma Martin, thank you for your time. I will thank Joey, though. Wasn't he supposed to turn up tonight? No idea. And if, a, and if a double if my champion can't make him turn up, I, I don't know what's going to. So no, exactly. we'll, we'll be fine. Martin, I love you lots, and I will speak to you all. Yeah. Possibly next. Oh, 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 no. It will definitely be next year. Yeah. Happy New Year, mate. See you now. Ready. Ready. Take care. Bye. -bye. Bye.